Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Tador Levertov, the minister of Richmond Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome, Tador. Hey, March. Tador, can you tell us a little about yourself? I believe you have origins beyond the Canadian borders. How did you become a Seventh-day Adventist minister, and how long have you been the minister at the Richmond Hill Seventh-day Adventist? Well, I started uh, the Richmond Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church in October 2018, mm-hmm. and that's already four and a half years plus. Uh, I started as a minister four years as a volunteer. That was uh, back in 1990, after I had completed my bachelor's degree I did four years of volunteer work down in Australia and uh, then uh, came back to Europe. And from there, I moved to the United States to do my master's. And uh, since 2006, I actually am working here in Ontario as a pastor and I've served different congregations. Mm-hmm. And what you have an accent. Where are you initially from? Well, I'm originally from Bulgaria. Okay. Uh, that's uh a nice little country in the southern southeastern part of Europe. Mm-hmm. It's uh, bordering with the Black Sea, Greece, Turkey, Northern Macedonia, Serbia, and Romania, and uh, that's where I'm from. Okay, very good. Thank you. I just I did not know where uh, what your you have a name that I don't hear all the time. Okay, uh, a good friend told me uh, that you know she hadn't really heard of the Seventh Day Adventists before, like had no idea what they're all about. And I I don't think she's the only one. Can you tell us a little about what is this denomination, Seventh-day? Well, that is a, a good question. I get that question very often. Some people do know, some people are unfamiliar, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the word Seventh-day Adventist actually combines two major points in the Christian Bible, the seventh day refers to the creation of the week, the time, the last day, the Sabbath, Shabbat, as known in Hebrew, and the Adventist, that refers to the coming of Jesus Christ's second time. So that is described through the New Testament, from the books of Matthew till the book of Revelation. So in a way, we are a Bible-based denomination from the beginning till the end of the Bible. That's why we, we also take the entire Bible uh, as valid revelation from God. And this is how Seventh-day Adventists came to be. It was a name that was adopted back in 1861 as a way of who we are, who the, the body of believers is. And uh, interestingly enough, it was not... Uh, just a group that originated and said, well, let's call ourselves uh, with this name. They were, the the development of the name Seventh-day Adventist comes much, much earlier. Uh, Well, of course, we understand through the scriptures, through the New Testament, that even Jesus Christ said, I'm coming second time. And ever since 
Christianity has started, there has been this belief that Christ is coming again. But, of course, uh, history shows us that this was not always on top of the list beliefs. But way back in 1755, there was a, an earthquake in Lisbon that was felt all throughout Europe, parts of North America, South America, Africa, of course. And that sparked the study of the Bible much more than before. Then comes the French Revolution and comes the capturing of Pope Pius VI by, the, by Napoleon and that already sparks further. It likes, it's almost like putting oil in the uh, in fuel in the fire to keep studying the Bible. And especially the focus is the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel, who has time prophecies. And people start studying, well, let's figure out what starts when. And even though there were some discrepancies, there was a general consensus of uh, what started when and what is going to finish when. And it starts by worldwide interest in fact uh, they were people in russia siberia down in australia uh, even uh, down in uh, south america some of the jesuits as well as north america of course and parts of africa they're studying the book of daniel coming up with all sorts of ideas and it turns out that the majority are saying well something is going to happen and they give a range between 18 usually the majority fit between 1843 to 1847 something's going to happen very likely the coming of christ second time one of the most prominent and uh i would say prominent not because of his scholarly uh, background but rather because of his way of becoming the social media of the time was william miller he was a a Baptist uh, minister uh, actually he wasn't even so well-known minister he was more like a local church bound uh, lay preacher to say he also started uh, to study the bible uh, he had his particular ex life experiences he had uh, his religious background was dazed uh, so he believed that hey god put everything in action but he is absent but since he served in the independence war uh, with the British, he saw some tremendous intervention and attributed them to God and said, well, I better find out more about this God. So he starts to study the Bible in a very simple method. He says, I'm reading one step at a time as long as I understand. If I don't, I'll go back. I'm not rushing. He, he took a lot of time coming to the book of Daniel. He got really bogged in and excited and started to study and find out that it hey, looks like Christ is coming second time. So he finds that they are like-minded people, starts to share with them. They create a core group. Then he gets invited to preach. And of course, uh, the, his preaching draws crowds and people get excited. Churches get filled. And a lot of pastors were simply calling him to fill up their churches, whereas others were excited to hear what this man has to say. And some accepted, some didn't accept. Turns out that they, those who accepted began to flock around him. And gradually, they decided to form and create a core group that would understand better the writings of Daniel. And uh, in his studies, uh, Miller actually came across uh, an, a range somewhere between 1843 and 1844, Christ is going to come. Well, he had an excited an excited, and exciting young gentleman in his group, Joshua V. Himes, who was uh, into the printing. Again, you would say more like a web designer today, someone with a podcast mm -hmm. or a video blog. And he gets excited. He says, man, you have to spread this news worldwide. So this is the early 1800s in the States. Printed paper is read everywhere. And of course, William Miller prints pamphlets, but his uh, associates start to press him a little bit. Put a date. 
be more fixed. He hesitates so much, but finally says, okay, let's put a date, does some study and says, well, October 22, 1844. And of course, the day comes and goes and Christ doesn't come and they're greatly disappointed. Those who were there for the excitement for uh, just to be part of a great movement decided, no, that's not for us. Let's quit. A small group remains and they say, well, let's find out our mistakes. By today's standards, this would be called a false prophecy. This would be called uh, a havoc, an unnecessary, an unnecessary religious excitement. And of course, they figured out that, yeah, we were wrong. And they figured out we were wrong about setting dates. Uh, but what actually happened? So in their studies, they start to discover teachings that are distinct for the second for the uh, Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, for example, one of them is uh, that Christ is in the heavenly sanctuary. He is doing meditorial work and he's coming after it's over. That's one of the distinctives, of course. Well, mm -hmm. Miller and his uh, Miller lives and dies. The, the remainder of the group decides in 1861 to have to adopt the name Seventh-day Adventists, uh, as for reasons I stated earlier. In 1863, they incorporate themselves as a church to own property, to function, start issuing uh, credentials to their ministers, and gradually they start growing as a body. Today, the Seventh-day Adventist Church is uh, closer to 22 million uh, worldwide. We have, uh, from primary schools to university levels, uh, their hospitals, their printing houses, their food production places around the world. Of course, each uh, place has its own specific cultural expression. There will be a variety in the worship styles uh, in uh, different parts of the world, including even at the same part of the world. You may see more traditional worship style in some parts of Holland and more contemporary in the major cities. That, that's, that's, for example, you see more singing among the gypsies uh, and uh, in, in Eastern Europe and also among the Mexicans or the Hispanics compared to some, you know, yeah. Nordic, uh, European Nordic uh, cultures. So that's about uh, the the uh, the upcoming and, and how seven Adventists came to be. Okay. That's, of course, very brief. Uh, there is much more. There is a movie that came about the origins, tell it to the world or tell the world. And that shows in about two hours plus how the Seventh-day Adventist Church came to be the, the origins of it. Mm, that's YouTube. interesting. Yeah, I might uh, put a great. link in to, for that in the podcast notes to that movie because that, that's very interesting. Now, you your worship service is on Saturday rather than yes. Sunday. Yes. Why right. is that? Okay, uh, let's, let me make some distinctions straight away. Uh, Seventh-day Adventists, we distinguish between uh, the worship and worship day and day for worship and holy day. Not holy day as one word, but holy day, sanctified day. See, worship can happen at any time, anywhere, at any place. Uh, when Jesus was teaching on worship, he said, God is spirit. And it's not about the place. It's about the spirit. God wants worshipers to worship in spirit and truth. That's in the gospel of John chapter four. Uh, when it comes to a day sanctified and holy by the Lord, we accept the biblical record that there is only one day that has been sanctified and uh, as holy one day, and that is right from creation, the Sabbath. So Sabbath is not a Jewish day. It was universally given to humanity at the very creation. And since this is in the Bible, and the Bible is a revelation of God, and we accept it as such, this is the reason why we both worship, have worship on the Sabbath, and also keep it as a day that God has sanctified. Honor it as such a day. Not, not keep it as more 
like an in-house language, but we don't keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath actually keeps us from, gives us a day of rest. It gives us a chance to break off. And when you look into the start and end of the days in creation, it's from sunset to sunset. So uh, being uh, uh, when when Friday sunset comes for us, the Sabbath starts until the sunset the next day. And of course, there are always questions, well, what do you do if you're up on the North Pole or on the South Pole? Well, that's a, that calls for a different podcast, but uh, let I will I will stay only with this. So that is why we keep it. Uh, we have worship services. Uh, we spend a lot of time actually socializing uh, in our church. We have church members who, according to their availability, would go out and spend time visiting their friends, relatives, sick members of the congregation. Sometimes we go out distributing food or uh, visiting nursing homes. Uh, they and when I say we, I speak our congregation at Richmond Hill. Worldwide, there are and there are places uh, where you can see a lot more activities. Of course, our congregation is not that big. There are activities for young people, for children, be it in the morning, be it in the afternoon. Uh, and those, this is how we would spend uh, the Sabbath day. Sometimes, if the weather is good, we we'll go out for a walk. If the weather is not good. We won't do it. But keep in mind that Seventh-day Adventists, we are not taking the Sabbath day as a day to be lazy, do nothing. In fact, I'll be upfront honest with you. If you and I were neighbors and your house happened to catch a fire or get flooded, you need a place to stay or someone to put the fire. And it's just about my time to go to church. I will not go to church. I'll come and help you get things uh, you know, in place and in order. So uh, the, the observance of the Sabbath day as a holy day to God is not with the it's not so much about what we cannot do it's more about what we can do uh and it's by the way part of the ten commandments the fourth commandment in the decalogue uh, exodus 20 it's it's right there yeah yeah interesting okay thank you for that explanation because i uh did wonder about it and again it's not a day to do to do nothing appreciate that explanation okay uh I believe that uh, you have a very multicultural congregation. Sure. It's yeah, so that, true. Yeah. I think a lot of churches do for that. So, yes. Yeah. And uh, the Seventh-day Advent, uh, Adventist is a worldwide denomination. It can be found in every country, I believe. You said how many million? I think uh, 22 million is the last, uh, uh, approximately 22 million. I mean, I don't have the exact numbers yeah, because okay. they grow by by yeah. week. Uh, there are a few places in the world uh, that we do not have officially a Seventh-day Adventist church as far as is known, but there may be people who are uh, worshipping in uh, this particular fashion and way they're considering themselves Seventh-day Adventists. But if we don't know it, it could be just because it's there is no way to know. Yeah, okay. Uh, so... Your church here in Richmond Hill is between Elgin Mills and Young on Bathurst, and I've been fortunate to have been able to visit. It's a, a very nice, you have a very nice sanctuary and a very spacious, newly renovated lower level. Um, how long has the church been there? Do you know that? Well, the church was built and opened in 1962. That's why last year in November, we celebrated 60th anniversary. Mm -hmm. Officially, it was in October, but we had to reschedule for November. So we're looking at a church that has been there for 60 plus years. Uh, it has seen a lot of changes in the demographics uh, in, of the congregation in ministers, in style of service and worship. Uh, a lot of the original 
the original building is retained and it's there. But of course, as you mentioned, there have been renovations. These were during COVID time renovations. We had to close for safety and renovation. And when we reopened in uh, September 2021, uh, we started with uh, five to six people worshipping. Now we have, uh, I would say, about more than the half of what used to be the worship attendance before. And you're right. Yes, the place is renovated. In fact, our uh, church is uh, looking into opening the building for cooking classes for some social support groups. We have members who are working in this uh, on this place. Uh, nothing is yet fixed because we want to make sure that everything we want to do is in place before we start. But uh, yeah, do keep in mind that that very likely will be happening soon and people can always check our church website which is very simple uh but it will be on the on your website yeah, so people that. can check it out yeah very good okay uh so um you are active in the community you've mentioned that you do go and help those in need are there specific projects that you uh that your congregation is are involved with well, as soon as we reopened after COVID, we had to build a substantial uh, presence, first of all, in the congregation before we actually do something. It's, 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 I mean, things happen with people. And what happened is at the anniversary, we in, October, in, in November last year, we already had some plans laid up for at least six to 12 months. So in November at the anniversary, we announced that for Christmas, we're doing Christmas care program and we reached to 146 local businesses and services in a radius of one kilometer or less in and around the church. We had donations, and those donations were given to people in the community, people in need, and they were very appreciative. And of course, after the new year, I went personally to thank the, the donors. And I sent the letter. In the letter, it said that in March, on March 4th, exactly, we'll have Women's Appreciation Day to appreciate the women in service. So the ladies working in those particular establishments were invited. We had the York Regional Police come, the fire department, the paramedics uh, came with their leaders. They came and we had a wonderful Women's Appreciation Service. And I have to tell you one thing that surprised me as a minister. The entire service was 55 minutes in length compared to longer uh, and everything. It was all well packaged. We had a great lunch. In fact, we had more food than people because it was great snowfall on that day. Mm -hmm. And then we announced on that particular day, we announced two events. And I may say even three, but the reason why I stay on two is because at least for now, we are looking in two events indoors. And that is on May 13, we are doing an appreciation day. We are having an appreciation day for the single mothers in our community and the ladies in our congregation. And then June 17, we will be having an appreciation day for the single fathers in the community and the men in our congregation, because not everybody is a mother, but we want to honor the ladies. Not everybody's father. We want to honor, we want to honor the men. But there is another event, and that is planned for Sunday, May 28th. And again, I'm saying this very tentatively because it depends on the weather. This will be a day when we would like the different businesses to come and showcase their business, their service in the church social hall. Uh, we will we are looking into having some local spas, some uh, some businesses to come and showcase what they do. Maybe give little samples. Maybe show how to prepare simple foods. We would like to invite the single parents to come and attend this because my passion is 
on the parking lot to have a demo. And I'm in conversation, by the way, with a local mechanic hmm. uh, business that they come and do a simple demo how to change a flat tire, how to top hmm. up basic fluids. Uh, so that single ladies and men, and I'm not uh, saying everybody knows, some may know, some may not, can learn some basic skills. And then that is that, of course, requires good weather. So please pray for a good weather. And then on the same parking lot toward the end, toward the back, we are planning to have an external car wash and internal detailing. In fact, I'm not afraid to do either one or both of them, but I can't do two places at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be God willing Sunday. May 28th, between 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. And I'm still, this is still in the work. I just sent the invitation this week to different businesses and places. And if anyone is interested, they can always contact us through the content information on the church website. Uh, now, this is by the end of June. Uh, July and August, we are looking into having some fun days, some cornrows, some churchyard sale to fundraise and donate to specific causes. And that, yes, yet has to be decided. And moving into September, October, November, we're looking into uh, somewhat the practical aspect of life. So we, we will be actually happy to hear from our community and tell us, hey, we have a specific need. Would you like to address it? Of course, we can address everything. And I would always say that if this is beyond the scope and capability of the church, they are professionals. We are not lawyers. We are not counselors. We're not dentists. But we can give you some guidance how to make a step toward improving your lifestyle, because that's what we're here for, trying to serve a multicultural community in Richmond Hill. And by the way, uh, we have people from every part of the every continent except Antarctica and Australia. So if you're from Australia or from Antarctica, you're welcome to join us. Okay, very good. Wow, you are doing a lot. I, I'm looking forward to uh, coming over to your church. I need to find out how to change a tire and do those other things. So I, I, I hope you open it up not just to single women because a lot no, of it's for single men. It. It's it's for it's actually for we we're trying to do something honorable yeah. to honor the single parents and single mothers and fathers. Yes. Uh, there is something else that is on my mind, and I'm trying to do it. And I'm I'm going to tell you straight up front, I would like to purchase as a church. Well, when I say I, I'm saying we as a church, but because I do a lot of this kind of uh, activities, uh, on behalf of the church, I would like to fundraise enough and purchase, and we have started already fundraising, enough to purchase 10 vouchers for oil change. Speaking to a particular car mechanic in Richmond Hill, he told me that usually twice a year a single parent would need oil change, which is basically about about good enough amount that we can fundraise. And if we were to buy ten vouchers twice a year change, that's one whole year covered because each voucher will contain two oil changes. We are looking here and helping at least ten households, and I'm willing to share equally between the fathers and the mothers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you're willing to partner with us let us know we always issue tax uh, receipts for any donation that's a little advertising yeah. <laughs> but, we, but but if you donate it's not staying with us at all and you yeah. can come and check for uh, accountability purposes we are taking and giving it to those in it we're just the conduit to help someone in our community because we are here for our community um, okay. In fact, March, a little fact that is little known, we are the only Seventh-day Adventist congregation in Richmond Hill. Can you imagine? Okay, yes. So they're okay. Catholic, United, Baptist, we're the only yes. one. As, yeah. as little we are, we want to do something. 
And, and maybe may our tribe increase, not only seven Adventists I'm speaking, may the desire of churches, of community-oriented events increase. Because, see, we are just a drop in the bucket of Richmond Hill. But everybody doing something for somebody can make a big difference. And, and it's regardless of the faith, the nomin- uh, the Christ- whether, whether they're Christians, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindus, non-religion whatsoever, anybody can do something good for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I, I admire your unique um, and very good ideas for helping the community. The idea of um, offering oil changes, I think, is an amazing idea. But actually, I think when I think of Seventh-day Adventists, I think of um, how uh, a healthy lifestyle I see in the news all the time. I know people that are Seventh-day Adventists and they live such a healthy lifestyle, uh, longevity studies uh, down in uh, mm-hmm. California, the Linda Loma Linda University. So can you speak a little about, bit about um, healthy lifestyle? I think it uh, it is part of the faith, is it not? Well, because, as I mentioned earlier, creation is uh, God created the human body. It's a part of our caring responsibility to care for the environment in which the body is. And that's why we are strong on protecting the environment and caring. But at the same time, caring for the body itself, mental and physical. And it's not only about food. It's exercise. It's sleep. I mean, maybe here I'm touching soft uh, somebody's hurting point. Sleep. We're sleep-deprived society. We need to get some more sleep. And, uh, of course, yes, you're right. Loma Linda University is one of the major, the flag uh, university, or what do you call it, the flag post, the uh, flagship of the Seventh-day Adventist health-oriented uh, 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 practices, uh, teaching lifestyle. A lot of research is done, a lot of studies are done. I actually happen to have uh, both family members and friends who work there, and they are telling me wonderful uh, stories about the work that is being done. Uh it's not the only Seventh-day Adventist University. The uh, other university here in North America is Andrews University in Southwest Michigan that is uh, preparing uh, academically for different professions, different schools. Uh, initially, it started as a theological missionary college. Now it's uh, multi faceted and it's it's really great working. We have, as I mentioned earlier, lots of universities worldwide as, as an uh as a denomination, as a Seventh-day Adventist church. But back to the healthy lifestyle. Yes, we do promote healthy lifestyle. Uh, I would say, in addition to the physical component, uh, we are realizing as society, not, not, not the Seventh-day Adventist church, as society, we are realizing the mental health component much more now than before. I'm not saying it hasn't been valuable before, no, but COVID brought up some issues that uh, we have been aware, but not in the context of COVID. And so as a church, uh, as a, I would say as a local congregation, we are not the Loma Linda University, we are not doctors, counselors, uh, dentists, etc. But we're here at the least we can do is sit and listen to your story and see how we can help. I mean, I'm, I myself am a trained chaplain uh, and, and I've done extensive study in uh, both theology and extensive in psychology and counseling. I'm not counselor, I'm not a theologian, I'm just a pastor with education like this. Uh, as much as I would like to do it, and God willing, I'm willing to pursue this uh, uh, future in my studies. But we are here to help and listen and support you. Uh, So no matter where the person is, no matter of what background they have, we are here to help and listen and support. Uh, For example, when you mentioned health, health, uh, I'll tell you a story. I was uh, doing an expo giving free books on health, and somebody passed by the table and said, who are you, what are you giving? I said, books on health. 
And uh, who are you? Well, we are from a local church, Seventh-day Adventist. And uh, again, uh, what do you what do you sell? I said, we don't sell anything. We're giving free books on health. And he said, what? Hell? And I said, no, no, not hell. It's health. And so we are not here to give you hell. We're here to help you get a good health and do the best we can. Somebody will need uh, friends. We have actually a wonderful group of people. Majority of them are seniors, but they're great listeners. And uh, it will be great if we could have a support group starting in our congregation for the people who are living close by. So very good. Thank you for that. And uh, good luck in getting us all uh, having a healthier lifestyle in, in all aspects. So is there anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I mean, I'm happy to visit Richmond Hill Church, being here four and a half years. It's very interesting very, uh, community, lots of variety from cultures and foods, which is obvious, to uh, passions, to people willing to see the community get better, which is great. I'm, I'm happy to have interacted with uh, the MPP Daisy Y, with uh, the Mayor uh, David West, with MP Johari, uh, with uh, Fire Chief Burbage and uh, your original police, McSween, and uh, the ladies and gentlemen from the paramedic services at York Region. And I'm seeing that they're looking into helping a vibrant community, keeping it vibrant, keeping it safe. And uh, we are here to help in this direction as much as we can. Uh, we're a unique uh, congregation. We can't do what somebody else down the road can do, but we'll do our part. And uh, this is what we are doing uh, as an active supporter of the uh, local food bank at Richmond Hill, Richmond Hill Food Bank. Uh, the Richmond Hill Church has been doing this for quite numerous years already, I've, decades. I mean, it's not just recently, it's been going for decades. I can't tell you how far back. It's 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 long, long, long. May as well go back as when the, the church started because it's something that the congregation is passionate about. Uh, but we are here to keep the, the community vibrant, to help those in need. Uh, we also need you and your support, uh, uh, and your support will come by stopping by and saying, hey, look, we are in a community and we think the community needs this and this. Can you help? This is helping us know how we can help. It's giving us some ideas that we can sit together, discuss and put them in practice. I've actually been approached by uh, local governing authorities uh, sharing some ideas. And as much as we can do, we'll do it. In fact, anyone listening is welcome to stop by. Check our website. Send us a message. I get the messages that uh, suggestions right away. I can tell you right now that whatever we can, we'll do, but I cannot tell you that we'll do everything you tell us to do. L l let's be honest. Let's be upfront. Uh, if you want to donate your time and service, if you want to make donation of monetary or food, food will take to the food bank, or, or if you want to drop, I would say if you want to drop the food straight at the food bank, you're doing great service to the community. Uh, we'll take clothes. We distribute clothes. We've had uh, collections done. Uh, one of our church members actually himself with his wife, actually themselves with uh, husband and wife, have started and initiated a school for immigrants in a particular island in the Caribbean uh, for children of immigrant families who cannot afford the education offered by the local, uh, by the state where, where they are moving into. And so our church has been helping, uh, members have been helping uh, in this regard. So th there are so many projects. But I would say if you join and partner with us, that will be great support. Ideas are just a way of supporting us. Physically present there will help us. We want to make sure that as a church, we are giving to the community, taking good ideas and putting them back into action. 
And by the way, talking about Richmond Hill, our congregation is widespread. We have people driving close to two hours to get to church. And some, and some travel for about a kilometer and a half to get to church right. that far. Okay. <laughs> so, that that is good to hear and i think you've almost answered this my last question i ask all the guests on the podcast is name one thing that you really like about the community well it's vibrant it but, we want to keep we want to keep it vibrant and that's but, why we're here we'll do our part yep okay very good yeah it is a very vibrant community uh, i believe we have a lot of great people doing great things and it certainly sounds like you and your congregation are part of that. So again, thank you, Tador, for taking the time to do this podcast. I have really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.